With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Cellar Dwellers Home Winemaking Talkcast with Dave Nelson and the other guy. But this must not be a Syrah. It's a Cabernet. Okay. I wasn't sure what it was, but okay, that's that's delicious. We Welcome we to another home wine making talk cast from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Home My of the one for the thumb. Super Bowl champ, Go Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. Baby. Have we even mentioned that before on a, po- on a <laughs> cast? I don't have we not mentioned it on one of our podcasts? Well, I have a short memory, I guess. We're outside today. A little different venue for us. It's about 7.30. The sun is setting on the horizon. Gorgeous spring day in the Berg. And we have a roaring fire next to us out, on, uh, out in the middle of my yard, which is a three-acre wooded property. This is heaven. So if you hear birds in the background like that, that is not Those are real birds. Electronic. Those are not added sound effects. <laughs> so I'm Dave Nelson, and you're the... Other guy. The passionate one. The passionate one. Were you going to go with a different name, or it's just the passionate one? Until I hear otherwise, it's the passionate it's one. It's the passionate one. And by the way, it's a uh, it's one day after tax time, but we're still upbeat. All right. Well, uh, how about a cheers to, to paying your done IRA with taxes? Woo-hoo. That's the IRS, by the way. The IRA. A S. I don't get bent out of shape over letters, vowels. Right. You're not into numbers. You're not into letters. Hey, it's close. It started with an I. The I have it. Today we're going to cover three steps all at once because it's a big night. We're running this on a new digital recorder. We got the Roaring Fire. We got the Cabernet Sauvignon. Did we say it was delicious Cabernet Alpha uh, 19? Sorry, we're in the 21st century. 2002. 2002. A delicious wine, and I got to tell you, when I first discovered this wine, it was being sold for twenty nine ninety nine at our state stores. Later, I went back in, and they had it for nine ninety nine, like a clearance sale or something. Oh, Same exact me. year, I bought up a couple of cases, and this is the last bottle of those couple of cases. How long ago was that? Probably last week. <laughs> <laughs> what took yeah, you so long? I don't know what took me so long. A no. delicious wine from Chile. Chile. I bought those couple of cases about a year, year and a half ago, but I, I like this one so much. It is so delicious. That's a great bottle. I think this is the best bottle of wine I've ever had for under $10. Uh, I have to agree with that. Chilean wines are often uh, very, very reasonable. Today's show, we are going to cover... Now remember, we've already located our equipment... That was step one. We step found one. the grapes. That was step two. Step two. We've crushed and destemmed the grapes. That was step three. Three ruski. And now we've got a big barrel. Actually, this year we had four big barrels, 60-gallon barrels full of crushed grapes. What do you call crushed grapes? You must call them something. Must. Must. All right, the big hint. So we've got now the big barrels full of must, and we must kill the stray yeast. 
we'll talk about that. That's step four. We're going to inoculate, which is adding yeast. Inoculate? inoculate. Is, this, is this a family-oriented show? <laughs> it is a family-oriented. <laughs> didn't we learn, we didn't learn about the word inoculate, but the word vaccination. Do you know where that comes from? The word vaccination? Right, to vaccinate somebody. It sounds French. It's some other language. I was going to say Latin, but I'll go with French. Well, most, most, most medical terms are Latin. Do you know why they're Latin, by the way? <laughs> We're really getting down a tangent of a tangent, but why are most medical terms Latin? You're the dentist. Because it's a dead language. It cannot be misinterpreted as to its meaning. A little trivial fact. You know, I thought That's you were going to really say true. it's because it's a dead language. It works with the patients who are <laughs> soon to be dead. Depends on how long you want to be in practice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, it does bother me a little bit that they call what you do, whether it's dentistry or medicine, a practice. We never quite get I mean, there. I mean, can't you get <laughs> it right? Just, just keep practicing. Um, we're trying to introduce the show here, and we keep going down tangents. Inoculate, vaccinate. Vaccinate comes from the fact that the first vaccine was for smallpox. This is back around 1800 in Europe. Right. Somebody realized that if you scratched your skin and impregnated your skin with the cowpox virus, you would become immune to smallpox because cowpox and smallpox were so closely related. But of course, one did not cause the other. Right. Well, the word for cow is vodka vaccination wait, wait. i've had a lot of bottles of vodka <laughs> none of them look like a cow <laughs> well if you drank the whole bottle you would have got to the cow moo baby <laughs> you just didn't go far enough all right so we went on a tangent to a tangent there um, we're going to talk about inoculation as step five that's adding the yeast and then the fermenting and punch down which is step six and, and that'll get us to our next show, which is my favorite of the steps, save for drinking, which was the pressing, pressing. the pressing step. So tonight is all about those three steps. Now, I do have some good news and some bad news. Which would you like first? Well, I'm always a bad news guy first. All right. So the bad news, which at first sounds like good news, is this. Remember, we asked our listeners to send in suggestions for names of shows yes we did with a promise attached to we that, would correct? send them right we would get them a bottle of whichever one of the wines they wanted if we picked their name small oversight on our website i never did publish our email address so we didn't get any submissions a faux pas a major faux pas <laughs> on my part which is french do you know where faux pas comes from <laughs> i have an idea but well, tell me <laughs> I have no idea. We'll have that. We'll look that up in for the, the next, next show. show. Absolutely. So a major faux pas. But I have come up with a name, and you missed it because you weren't listening at the introduction music of our show, which is typical of me. Right? You're, you know, being passionate. I'm about passionate. Starting our fire or something. I don't something. always that hear is, that. That is a beautiful That's fire. That's a gorgeous there. fire. This is just really romantic. The good news. Now we're on the bad news. The bad, bad news, news is that. We have a name for our show, and it's a good name. We are the Cellar Dwellers. This is Cellar Dwellers Home Wine Making Talkcast. Cellar Dwellers. That's our new no, name. Is this the good news or the bad news? We're still the bad, on the bad news. news. It's the bad news. I'm, I'm with you right. so far. It, and, and it sounds like good news so far. Cellar Dwellers because wine cellars, cellar rats. There's a right. lot of wine making lore that leads to cellars and absolutely we've spent a lot of our time at least i spent a lot of my time down in the cellar racking and pressing and bottling while you were out doing who knows what passionate things <laughs> we are the cellar dwellers 
home winemaking talk cast. And the problem is, the bad news is, that you now owe me one of the bottles of wine because I came up with the name. Whoa, Actually, whoa, 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 this whoa, whoa. is good news now that I think this about it. <laughs> is this up for debate? So we've not, technically, not having the email address on the website, there could be hundreds, if not thousands, of other choices. And I'm supposed to give you a bottle of our delicious homemade wine because you came up with Cellar Dweller? If you come up with a better name than Cellar Dweller, you let me know. But that is our new TalkCast name. As of now, okay, I'll buy it. We are the Cellar Dwellers. I'll buy it. So bring over. I want one of the bottles of the Zinfandel 03. If we don't have a better name within three weeks of this podcast, I will give you a bottle of 03 Zin. All right. You've got... You've got a deal. Only if you post the uh, email address on the website. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of folks with better names than Cellar Dweller. Not a chance. This one (laughs) is in the bag. In the bag? (laughs) Uh, This one is in the bag. In the bag. Pray tell. (laughs) Where does this idiom come from? In the bag. It's so close to idiot, I just, you know, I don't, I mix my vowels and consonants. Yeah, IRS, IRA. In, in the, the bag. In the bag. Yes, it is, indeed. It, it means secured, and the idiom originated in Great Britain when a bag was placed under the speaker's chair. The speaker, like, what, in a public forum of some sort? Or Must be politically the parliament. Or, all right, continue, idiom. So there was a... <laughs> A petition that was put in the bag under the speaker's chair, and the rule was that that petition had to be raised, had to be addressed on that day. Is that right? Hence, it was in the bag. It was secured. In the bag. And I've got this one secured, so I'll let the calendar tick by three weeks, but you are going to owe me a bottle of Zinfandel, 03 Zinfandel. Well, that I very much doubt, but I will live up to that. Listeners, As if you've got better names, podcast, send them to our email address. Bring them in. Now, I do have another piece of good news, right? If that was the bad news. And that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. I mean, we've got a name. We're the Cellar Dwellers. The Cellar Dwellers. Talkcast. T-shirts available for nineteen ninety-five. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell out so cheaply. The hats are nineteen ninety-five. Oh. <laughs> the T-shirts will be 30 bucks. Don't even ask about the polo shirts. Now, I do have a, an interesting bit of good news. On iTunes, people can write reviews of the talk casts that they listen to. And we have just received our first review. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, I want to read you a review that this reviewer wrote. Now, this reviewer is not my wife or anyone known to no, me this or is to you. From wherever USA or uh, world, right? A reviewer, uh, a, a user of iTunes who uses the name Sight and Sound. Sight and sound. And if we you're do listening. not know who that is. We have not compensated this person. But just to show that this person is not all wine and roses, I want to share with you a review that they did of another winemaking talk cast. Share away. This is Steve's $10, and then Apple cuts off the rest of it, so it's W something. Steve's $10 winemaking talk cast. According to Sight and Sound, a waste of bandwidth. This is the worst of the wine-related podcasts, being as you are not likely to learn anything new about wines. The host's feeble attempts at humor are sophomoric at best and sometimes mean-spirited. Now, this doesn't sound like someone who's going to write a 
an easy review or be an easy grader. Wait a minute. This is a review of someone else's wine podcast. <laughs> I could see you panicking I was for, pa- for I a was, moment. I was choking on my 30 slash <laughs> <Your> $10 bottle <laughs> of wine here. This right. isn't us. God that wasn't forbid. Us. No, that wasn't oh. us. Okay, let continue. Me, let me read you what Sight and Sound wrote about us. A tough critic, but continue. He or she, I don't know the gender, titled the review Laugh While You Learn and said, This is my favorite wine-related podcast. Although these are long podcasts, and of course that's all your fault if you'd just be a little more concise with your language, they just fly by because the hosts, Dave and the other guy, got your title right, that's you, are knowledgeable and extremely personable. This is a must-hear for all wine lovers, not just those that make wine at home. Know the wine that you drink and have a good laugh. Now, is that a that darn nice review? excellent review. I am and on cloud nine. I hope this person... Sight and sound. Sight and sound, if you're listening. Can we agree, Dave, with the other guy, to send this person... Being the first review of of our wine. I like your idea. Contact us, please, and they may choose between. Run them down, buddy. The 2003 Zinfandel, the first one we ever made. Excellent to drink at this time. We've got a 2004 Merlot. So-so. A 2004 Cabernet. Phenomenal. That was a bronze medal winner, was it not? No, no, that was a silver. That was a silver medal winner. When it was only three months old. And we've got a 2004... Cabernet Merlot blend, 75-25. We call that our Bordeaux blend. Yes, any one of those are available now. And The 05 vintage isn't available, but... Well, we've bottled the first couple of bottles. We do have an 05 Syrah, which we think will be our best ever wine. That or the 05 Cabernet. Cabernet. Yes. And we also have an 05 Zinfandel. Yes. So sight and sound, if you're listening. If you're listening there, honey, your buddy... If it's a honey, I'm hoping it's a honey. If it's a buddy, (laughs) he's yours. Send us email, and we will send you a bottle of wine, which absolutely is no small feat coming from Pennsylvania, because in Pennsylvania you are not allowed to ship wine. By the way, it's olive oil. Olive oil, (laughs) right? So if it shows up and it's labeled olive oil, you'll know what it is. Little secret. Yes. Well, thank you for the first review ever on iTunes. Dave, that is fantastic. That makes me feel even better than I thought I could be. On this beautiful spring day in the Berg. It is an unbelievable, unbelievable I'll night. take this all winter. Now, we should get into making wine, right? That's what the show is about. Let's talk about step four, killing stray yeast with your sulfur dioxide. Now, why do you do this? Why kill stray yeast to start with? First of all, numbers guy, how many stray yeast do we know exist on this planet? It's got to be more than half a dozen. Oh, a lot more than half a dozen. Don't quote me on this, but well, I believe I will. there are tens of thousands of varieties of yeast. I believe you're correct. And the problem is that some of those will make very good wine, but some will make very bad wine. Risky, 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 right? Right. And, of course, we've spent about a dollar a pound on 2,500 pounds of grapes. Do we want to simply let random chance take its course? Now, I think the odds would be with you. 
you probably get a reasonable yeast if you just let nature take its course. Of course, that's what people have done for thousands, thousands of, years, of years, ever right? since that princess tried to kill herself in the king's court, the story we told last podcast. Got a little wasted and her personality <laughs> got better and she got back in the good graces of the king. There you go. You could indeed use whatever yeast comes along. That is a possibility. But there are some very bad yeasts out there that are going to impart very bad flavors on your wine. So if you want to take a little control, the first thing you've got to do is kill off all the yeasts that came with all the wine. All the stray ones, right. And that could be just in your garage, in your car, in your house, right? I mean, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. Let me ask you this question, and maybe you don't know the answer, but... Once fermentation starts with whatever yeast starts the fermentation, does it take total control or can a stray yeast still enter the process? Well, it is possible that a stray yeast can enter the process, but this is a numbers game. I, being the numbers guy, will explain it. One yeast becomes two. Two yeasts become four. Got the general math? Four becomes... Four becomes seven? Right. Okay, you're right with me. Because one of them probably died off or didn't replicate. Or ran off with one of the other <laughs> yeasts. The yeast. They got a whole tribe going. And so the beauty of it is, once you get one yeast going, it just by numbers overwhelms the others. It's and very like quickly. Probably, large right? army meeting a small army. Right. The small army, in theory, could win. It sometimes happens or maybe impart some damage, battle damage, bad flavors. But that, that's a good question because it could impart some bad flavors, it some bad happen. processes. So you still want, you want to have control over this process. You do. This and is, I, this and is critical. In fact, one of the things that you do at the very end of your winemaking when you put it in the bottles is you add a little bit more potassium metabisulfite, the, the sulfites, because you don't want some random bad yeast to come along and take over your wines even as they're done fermenting. So you're absolutely right bad yeast can come along anytime at all. So is that why we typically see contained sulfites on virtually every label of wine that we purchase? That's absolutely true. That's why it's there. People not only use sulfites or potassium metabisulfite in the production of wine, but they probably added some to properly preserve it after the fermentation. It's also why when you make wine, your one enemy is oxygen. You're always trying to keep your containers, whether it's a barrel or a carboy, those glass jars, or even just a bottle, almost full. If you minimize the amount of air or oxygen that can get to the wine, you don't oxidize it, but you also don't risk introducing stray yeasts. So we're at the step where we got to kill the yeast. The kill way the yeast. we do it is we're going to boost the sulfite content in the wine to somewhere between 50 and 75 parts per million. 50 and 75 parts per million. Right. I like to be I mean, if you saw a million of something, say tennis balls, and only 50 of them were metabolic sulfites, that isn't many. It's not very many. But Actually, it works, right? I think people tend to overestimate how many a million is. Let me ask you this question. I don't have an idea of how many. Here's, <laughs> I am not the numbers wait, guy. Here is a way to visualize it. All right, lay it on me. Think about a cube. A cube that is 10 millimeters on each side. So that's about a half inch. About a half an inch. Half an inch cube. Right, right? roughly. Right. Now, how big would a million of those be? If you formed it into a larger cube. 
Right. Is that your so question? take a million of these half-inch cubes, or 10 millimeters, to use my example. How big would that be? Would that fill up your whole house? I don't know. Would that be 10 feet by 10 feet, roughly? Right. What you would it might be? think so. What would it be? Probably but not what you're thinking. No, it's it's much smaller than you would think. It's only one cubic meter, one cubic yard. In other words, Almost it's a four cube. Feet. A meter is closer to a yard. Well, it's three and a half yards. No, it's, it's less than that. A meter is 37 point... That's a weird little air funnel going on over there by our... A me Wait a minute. A meter is how many inches? 37? 37? No. 37.39. No. No, no, no. 39.7 30, something. 37.9. I'm sorry. 37.39. Inches. It's barely over a yard. A meter is barely over a yard. Will you bet another bottle of wine on that stat? You know what? If I'm wrong, I'm going to edit this talk cast to put in the right number, and no one will ever know that I made a mistake. <laughs> and the other guy looked like an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Are you sure it's not 39 I inches I believe plus? it's 37. And I've got a bottle of wine bet. We're shaking hands okay. as we speak. Shaking I've got hands. a bottle of wine. You're trying that. to win back your... It's 39-something. All right. 37 But anyway, but that's that, a Does that mean I can get two bottles out of this you, deal? You've got a chance. All right. Slim as it may be, you've got All a right. chance. In but, any but case... But roughly, it's not nearly what you'd it's think. It's not as big as you'd think. An editor's note, the passionate one was dead on about the size of a meter. Somehow, the numbers guy blew it. Of course, 10 millimeters, if you look at the dimension of you work, you a do the meter, math, there's there you 100 are. of those, 100 wide, 100 tall, 100 deep, that's a million. That is a million. That's how I visualize a million. That's always helped me. So a million is not as much as you'd think. But look at that meter cube and take only 50 of them. That's almost them. nothing. That would be That's almost nothing. That's one row along one edge, and it's only half of that and row. And not even. It's only half of it, right, right? Right, And then figure the whole thickness of that. By the way, our listeners may not realize that I was a math major at the University of Pittsburgh, the only one to enter the dental school in 1980. So most and math majors date, sort of wash out. Washed cars. <laughs> <laughs> would you like fries with that? <laughs> We're very good at that. By the way, what's the square root of it? <laughs> Here's your change. Right. The square root of 17. Yes, which happens to be a permutation of some logarithm. All right, we're trying to explain how to kill off the stray yeast. You want to bring your must to between 50 and 75 parts per million of sulfites. Right. That will kill stray yeasts. Right. And, and, and are you measuring this? Prior to fermentation, after fermentation, daily during we're the week to ten right days. We're doing right at the beginning. We haven't even added any yeast yet, oh, so we're, we're not we're even killing ferment. off the stray rascals right. before we just inoculate. Crushing. It's the same night. Ah. It's remember that first year. It's four thirty in the morning. We've got purple hands. Hand do stem night. Hand do stem night. Bad. We'll never bad. Don't it. do that. First thing you got to do is measure your initial parts per million of sulfites. Of sulfites. Are those natural or are they sprayed prior to purchasing the grapes? I think there's a little bit of both. I think you get sulfites, even if you had a completely organic wine, nobody ever added sulfur or potassium metabisulfites or whatever, you're going to get a certain amount of sulfites, maybe more than 10 parts per million, which is where the government requires that the wine be labeled as contained sulfites. Uh -huh. If it's not labeled, you can count on it being less than 10 parts per million. Some will occur naturally, but some is, as you've alluded to, added in the vineyard. In a spray, some sort of spray process prior to harvesting, correct? Right, to keep yes. the molds and yeast down in the vineyard. You don't want these things to ferment on the vine. Right. You need to start out by figuring out 
well, how many parts per million sulfites do I have to start with? Because right. if you end up with a number that's too high here, when you add your yeasts, they won't start either. They'll die, and you won't get any fermentation. Then you've got very, very expensive grape juice. <laughs> very good grape juice. But quite costly. Tastes better than the Welch's. But pretty pricey. So we use these little titrets. There are several different systems. Go to your... Titrets? Titrets. Is that French? I have no idea where the word titrets comes from. All I know is I used to date a girl who wore titrets. <laughs> <laughs> You've dated, passionate one, a lot of different women. I'm a math major. They love me. <laughs> Somehow, I don't believe that the, the, the hot oh, women on campus were hanging around the math classes. Chick magnet. <laughs> That's what math major translates it to. Yeah, yeah, in your dreams. <laughs> I can do some permutations there, buddy. We're not going to go there. So we use titrets. There are a variety of systems. Go to your favorite wine-making website or to your, your local right. store. Country Wines is our local wine-making store and buy one of their systems for measuring sulfites before you start. Basically, that's what they all do. Right. And, you're, and you're sucking up some of In the juice titrets, to yeah, test the Yeah, you suck up some of the juice, sulfite you turn level. the thing upside down, you shake it, and you wait till it turns from blue to red, and eventually you read off of a little logarithmic scale, math guy, what your me. sulfite level is. Right. We won't bore you with the details in it, but basically it measures that. And now you need to adjust your sulfite level in your must. Right. Although I do have one big, big tip for our listeners who are going to make wine at home. Ooh. This helps a lot. If you have trouble reading the sulfite level off the scale, take one part of your juice, add two parts of water, and do it again. Read the sulfite level then, and triple it. In other words, you're diluting two to one, so you've got one-third wine. You now can read much more easily the sulfite level ah. because that log scale becomes much bigger at the small numbers. And then you triple, triple that the number. number, whatever it is. And that you've has helped it. me figure out more accurately the level of sulfites in my wine. Right. And, and an important tasting note here, you don't want to over-sulfite because sulfite, sulfur, if we've all tasted... Sulfur, water with sulfur dissolved More in it. More likely I mean, we have smelled the sulfur. The old rotten egg smell. Right. You, if you overdo Go to the volcanoes this. in Hawaii. I've been there. It's like walking on the moon, but it smells like... Rotten eggs. Bad stuff. So Right. So don't overdo it. This is, a, this is a very critical step. And we have always erred on the side of less sulfur, lower sulfites. We aim more for the 50 parts per million than the 100 parts per million. That's a, I think that's a smart choice. That's how we measure. That's a little, uh, little tip on how to get more accuracy. We, we typically find that our grapes are, are showing up with between 25 and 35 yes, parts per million. Yes, as high as 35. Right, yeah. so you don't have to add all that much in the right. way of potassium metabisulfite. But now another trick. How do you add it accurately to your wine? Yeah, well, how, do you, how do you measure how much must you have, million, right? how much, you know, and what, how are you going to figure out those parts per million, those 50 little blocks in that metric cube? Well, here's how, here's how oh, we do it. How could we get through a wine cast without Dave, the numbers guy, pulling out a binder? A binder My blood pressure goes up when I see these binders. Continue. Here's how we do it. <laughs> First of all, we make a 10% stock solution of potassium metabisulfite. We are... Very accurate solution to manufacture, I'm sure. Right. The easy way to do it 
and this is where hopefully you paid attention to the metric system in school. We use 500 milliliters of water right. and 50 grams of potassium metabisulfite. That's 10%. 10%. 50 is 10% of 500. And, and where we got this, by the way, is in a little publication from the university... One of the logs just fell out of the fire. Let me throw that in. You throw that back in there. I'll keep talking while you work on. I'll be back in an hour and I'll find out where you are. There's more wood. It's like a soap opera. There's more wood over there if you want to. uh, I think we need to boost this up a little bit. We got this publication called Making Table Wine at Home. By the way, those are welder's gloves. You can pick up a a flaming log with those things and not feel it. Ow! Nice job rearranging the fire there, passionate one. Jesus, are hot! <laughs> you know, you're lying. You feel nothing through I those. didn't feel a thing. They're wonderful gloves. We have picked up from the UC Davis website a very handy publication, about 50 pages, called Making Table Wine at Home. And we often consult... Great this. website. Great website. It tells how to make that 10% stock solution. But if we flip forward here... This is a critical solution. We you use this in all types of applications in the process. You really do. Wiping in, down equipment. This is this is one your hands. This besides buying great grapes, get your 10% stock solution. This is critical. Easy to make. Yes. On page 9 there's a little chart and there's probably lots of places you can find this chart. Publication Making Table Wine at Home from the UC Davis website is immensely valuable because it tells you if you're making this much wine and it goes from a tenth of a gallon to one gallon all the way up to 50 gallons and you can multiply from there and you have a desired concentration of potassium metabisulfite for example if we're making 50 gallons of wine which was our typical container size and we wanted to increase our potassium metabisulfite by say 20 parts per million I can read right off the table that I need to add 65.7 milliliters of our 10% solution. It's that simple. It's just math. But you're going to need a table like this in order to get to the right level of potassium metabisulfite in your must. This table yes. seems like a valuable piece of this whole home wine making process. Yes, 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 yes. Is it possible, Dave, the numbers guy, the computer guy, the web guy, from the passionate one, can we post this on the website? Is that too much to ask <laughs> well, from, from someone who doesn't know an I from an R from an A? You know, now that you ask, I'm looking at this book, and it doesn't say copyright anywhere in it. I think these authors wanted us to propagate the content. So I will do one of two things. I will find a way either to post the table or post a pointer to the website where this book can be found. Great One idea. or the others. Great idea. So these numbers, if they sound a little crazy, like they would to me, even though it's a math major, online here on the podcast, you'll be able to look these things up either directly on the website or we'll get you. We'll get d- you. We'll direct you there. Very you good. know, while this may sound complicated, if you can it follow really, a recipe, it really is. We had more fun with this. We were drinking heavily while we did it, and we never and it, really. And it still turned it. out. Yeah, right. It still turned out okay. Right. So don't be intimidated. We'll try to help you out here. Email us if you have questions next September. For God's sakes, email us. We'll be more than happy. Dave will love to stay up till five in the morning answering answering the questions. emails. Now we have successfully added potassium metabisulfite. 
to the, the must. Sulfites to the must. Prior to inoculation. Right. Now you do this right when you crush. Kill off any stray yeast that might have come with your wine. And let the thing sit for one day. One day? One day. Prior to inoculation. Why right. is that? We don't want to kill off our expensive yeast, I guess. Right. You want, you want to give time to kill off all the bad stuff before we're going to add our good stuff. I was thinking when we started this, this show tonight that there was no possible way we could waste an hour talking about just this step four. We can waste an hour talking about nothing, buddy. But I think we're going to have to uh, recommit. We're going to have to divide this show into a couple of different parts. I, I don't think we're going to finish steps four, five, and six tonight. It's just not, it's not working. Well, let's just make this number five. Well, we were, we were on number four. Like I said. <laughs> Numbers guy. Well, now, let's yeah. make it podcast four. Now, you were right. This is podcast five, but step four. So don't confuse the listener. Right. Well, that's what I meant. I think we can probably cover... Well, let's just see how far we get. Yeah, we haven't even inoculated yet. No, let's inoculate haven't. and call it a night. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, the problem is... We That's can't. the funniest line I've ever heard. Listen, thanks for pointing let's, it out. Let's inoculate and go in a night. That's hysterical. How oh, could you have not cracked All right, up? a toast. That is a, worth it. A toast to the passionate one. Clearly, the wine is starting to have its what do we call it? Psychotropic effect. Let's inoculate and call it a night. That's a one. Oh Please, my I'm gosh! Drink here. I've got a. I've got a patent that line. Shoo. I cracked myself up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should, we should, we should try to get through <laughs> inoculation, nocturnal inoculation. It's, uh, it's getting dark here. The sun is going down. That was funny, but not the funniest thing we've heard. Close, but no cigar. Whoa, 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 whoa! Idiom man. Yes. Close, but no cigar. This has to be an An editor's note. This talk cast was recorded outside, and at this point in the show, the wind picks up and you'll hear wind noise that wasn't evident at the time of recording. If you find this overly distracting, feel free to skip the rest of the show. A million cigars, it's close but not, where does this come from? This sounds too good to be true. I thought this one came from when the baby is born. And so if you're trying to have a baby and you don't, it's close but no cigar, but that's not it. That's not it. Early slot machines would pay out for certain combinations on the wheel, would pay out a cigar. So you get close. So you wouldn't win money, but if you were close, they'd give you a cigar? Well, other prizes too, but one of the prizes was was a cigar. cigar. And so you get ching, ching, chong, close, no cigar. I love close, but, but no cigar because it comes from the good old USA. You're right. It As does. does our wine tonight from wrong <laughs> chili. Isn't that close, just? Isn't no? <laughs> yeah, no, you weren't even close. No, Not even I, close. No cigar here. All right. <laughs> now we've inoculated. We've added sulfites to our wine. We've killed off all the bad stuff. Let it go for how long a day? One day. But we also need to make some other adjustments. We want to make sure the total acidity is right. Total acidity. Total acidity. That sounds complicated. Which is different from pH, although they seem to be related. They do. But don't make the mistake we once made, 
where we assumed pH and acidity were the same. They are not. If you want to be very precise about your wine, you want to buy a kit to measure total acidity. The smoke is blowing right on me. If it is going your way. Smoke follows beauty. Oh, where'd that come from? <laughs> well, thank I you for the compliment. I should have thrown that one in. Thank you for the compliment. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> I must say, this is a delicious Cabernet. This is very good. I'm this really is, enjoying this. I am the $10 and under guy, which I've had to raise over the years to $12 and under. I don't believe you can get great wines in this, general for $10 and under. I disagree. I vehemently disagree. I'll do a blind tasting with you, but I've raised it to twelve. It, 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 the, the old my old measure of ten has raised to ten, twelve, just like gas prices in the past. All right, so three hours. I like your challenge. <laughs> Let's do this. I on do. The next I'm serious. I, I can. You, you can bring, knock out wines. You for bring 12 bucks. two wines that are under twelve dollars. I will bring two wines that are over twelve dollars. And I'm not saying how high I could go. Yeah, I won't go yeah. over, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm you're not, not going to go to 100 bucks, right. Okay. I, I don't want to be that wild. Besides, you'd be drinking my wine. But let's <laughs> do it. If it weren't for that. <laughs> Dirty smart. I would buy, you know, just to win the bet, the expensive bottles. But let's bring each two bottles. That's a, that, you're that under, will be great for the next podcast. Uh, that's and a great let's idea. do some blind let's tasting. And we'll see. Who's right? That, that's a good idea. No matter who's right, we know we'll have a good time. I mean, you drink four bottles of wine between two guys. And I'll, I'm even willing to bring two bottles to compensate for what you may spend. I'll it's not bring, fair for you to bring the more expensive one and me the cheaper. I'll bring one bottle. A nice wine. You bring two of $12 or under, and we'll see where the best wine is. Do they have to be the same type of wine? They should be. Uh, they should be, they should right? Be, they should right? be. So uh, we'll pick the, we'll what pick do you the wanna, varietal. What do you want to work with? We'll pick the varietal. Uh, the, uh, the hard part for me is my best 12 and under are typically Spanish and Italian. All right. No, but give it, me but, that offline, and we'll. But I'll, but we'll come up with we'll come up with similar varietals that. And I will I will say this, I will guarantee you, unless you spend over 35 dollars. I can find you $12 bottles of wine that will be within 90 percentile of a more expensive one. I will spend less than $35. And, and let's see if you can come close. Well, see if I can come within 90%. We shall 95%. see. 95%. I, I firmly believe that my I will. $35 bottle will be a lot better than either of your $2 bottles. We $12. shall see. I, <laughs> I was the numbers guy's already shortchanging me. <laughs> Okay, $12 So $332 you're spending, is that what it is per bottle? <laughs> right, I'm going to bring a, uh, a, a 62 Lafitte Rothschild and see if I can take out your two-buck chuck. <laughs> I'm on to that, that baby. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, you drink the two-buck chuck, I'll drink the other one, and we'll see who has a better time. Okay, now we're talking about total acidity. I bought a acid test kit, and again, we, we got this from uh, Country Wines, and you can find them on www.countrywines.com. That's so, for our Western PA folks. Right? right, although anybody can buy from that website, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And they've oh, got a nice, a nice little acid test kit that will measure total acidity. The trick is, if you're making white wine, you want your total acidity to be between 0.65 and 0.80%. In other words, those are numbers slightly below 1%. You want to get it into that range. And you can add tartaric acid to boost it up or add a bit of water 
to drop Bring it, down. it down. Now, I hate the idea of adding yeah, water. Yeah, adding water is I say, a just little, let it I be I get a little verklempt when I hear that. <laughs> right. So we've always been lucky and gotten grapes that were too low in acidity, and we boosted it up with tartaric acid. Which, by the way, verklempt in Yiddish means... Low acid? Means don't mess with my acid. <laughs> <laughs> If you're making red wine, you want your total acidity to be, be between 0.6% and 0.75%, three quarters wow. of 1%. Lower, lower uh, yeah, range Yeah, a little bit there, huh? lower range for total acidity in a red wine. But you want to do that adjustment before you start fermenting so that your acid becomes incorporated nicely into the fermented product. And if you have too low an acid, you're going to end up with a wine that doesn't have much backbone. It's going to be a wimpy wine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So total acidity is one of the things you need to adjust. Sugar content is another thing you need to adjust in your must. You need adjust? To you can adjust the sugar content? You can. Even after measuring it, buying the grapes, with the refractometer, measuring that, measuring the specific gravity, and you saying you you can possibly adjust the sugar content at well, this point. This is all prior to... We're not fermenting yet. Inoculation. Right. We're not fermenting yet. The idea here is you want your starting... Let's talk about red wine. We're red wine experts. That's what we've done. Let's not misrepresent ourselves as understanding champagne or white wine or, or that... White Zinfandel. Faux pas. <laughs> Major faux pas. Oxymoron. You know, it is a real disappointment to me today when you say Zinfandel that that's people, what people think. think white yes. Zinfandel. That's the only unfortunate part of that because I read a very good article about white Zinfandel. What did you read? Well, it read that so many folks started their wine journey with white Zinfandel, which we all know is a misnomer. It has nothing to do with Zinfandel grapes whatsoever. Right? Well, I wouldn't say nothing to do. No, it has, no, it has nothing to do. You legally did not have to even pass a Zinfandel berry past the barrel. No way. To make call no, it white Zinfandel. You're telling me that white Zinfandel wine does not use Zinfandel grapes? It does not have to use white Zinfandel grapes to be... Or Zinfandel <laughs> grapes. I was going to say, there are no white Zinfandel grapes. That's the, the, the trick of this. They're, all Zinfandel grapes are red, but of course when you first crush even red grapes, you get white juice out of them. But, but technically, they did not have to. Read an article so about that. So, what is white Zinfandel made out of? But my point Cows? is... But my <laughs> <laughs> That's why sometimes it's called Vaca Zinfandel. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? But let's not be snobs but about right, this. No, white. I don't want to be a snob. I, hey, hey, in I fact, let's a, come I am at, Hey, I'm the $12 under guy. The first one my wife and I really Absolutely. loved was Behringer White Zinfandel right. back that in the 80s. Right, that is my so point. Let's, that's a many good starting place. Let's not be mean about so it. So many folks, their first enjoyable bottle of wine was a White Zinfandel. And if By that's way, how you start, wonderful. I'm not putting it down whatsoever. Now that I've admitted that, I do not want to be blackmailed, okay? Don't let that out, okay? Oh, I got you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first bottle of wine was a 61... <laughs> Mouton Rothschild! <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> By the way, do you little, know little where, difference there. Yes, there was. So you started classy. I guess that's what the math guys do. But I'm still the $12 and under guy. Do you know where the term blackmail comes from? 
blackmail. Yes. Are you blackmailing me? No, about no, you are no, blackmailing, I'm blackmailing me. you about your white Zinfandel. Right. Blackmail, there's actually an idiom. Blackmail's an idiom just like everything else. Historically, there's something about blackmail. You're kidding me. Blackmail became popular as a term in the 1800s, and it comes from certain chieftains who ran protection rackets on farmers in Scotland. They were called chieftains in Scotland. They were. Is that right? What Again, century? I'm just, what, Where are reading we? Reading from a, a script here. Why would you expect me to know anything? <laughs> no, we're in the 19th century, 1800s. 1800s are called you know, chieftains. Actually, if I could change one thing, why do we call the I 1800s know. the 19th century? That confusing, was isn't it? more confusing to me than pretty much anything in school. It is confusing. In any case, these chieftains would run protection rackets on farmers in Scotland. If the farmer failed to pay the mail, M-A-I-L, not M-A-L-E, the mail. Mail? Well, what do you mean pay the mail? Are they the sending mail, letters to New Jersey? It was a term, What are you talking about? Mail is an old term for rent. You're kidding. No. Mail, It's an old rent. Scottish term for rent. Right. So, so I'm renting this dirt this land floor and planting cottage and planting some potatoes and I've got to pay not rent, but mail. If you failed to pay the mail, the yes. rent, the chieftains would steal your cattle and your crops. And since this was considered evil, it was considered black. Black mail. Oh my goodness. Bad rent. That is one of the best idioms we've ever talked about. I like that one. Very good. Now, I've totally lost track of what we were talking about. Where were we? Total acidity. Thank you. Prior to inoculation, critical point. We're going to only get through inoculation. (laughs) We are. Because we're getting nocturnal. (laughs) I really thought we were going to cover three steps tonight, but I think inoculation is the only one we're getting through. (laughs) I think it's great. By the way, while we're wasting time (laughs) and not... Not which, on topic. We, which we're brilliant at. We are. Last show, I claimed yes. that Zinfandel was not an American grape. Remember we were talking you about... You did claim that. Right. And I said that I would edit it out of the show if, if I was wrong. If you were incorrect. Well, you listened to the show. It was in the show. I said it was a native grape to the U.S., period. Let me tell you where Zinfandel comes from. Uh, now, If it's not just from the U.S., I'm going to be... Greatly disappointed. Well, you're not the only one who would be disappointed. This has been debated for a couple of centuries now, but thanks to DNA testing, we can (laughs) finally answer the question. (laughs) Zinfandel has some (laughs) promiscuity in his background. It does. It does. I know DNA testing has run a cold sweat down your spine, but that said, the origin of the Zinfandel grape, yes, debated for decades, It was once believed that Zinfandel was introduced in the 1860s by, and pardon the pronunciation because I don't know how you say this guy's name. He didn't include the phonetic spelling. It's Count Agustin Herzathy, or something close to that. By the way, he was Hungarian, like your wife. A Hungarian nobleman who founded the Buena Vista BV winery in Sonoma. No way! He founded BV? That's one of the great wineries in our country. And the Count was the one who found it. He was Hungarian. Hungarian. And he brought some Zinfandel grapes from Hungary? Well, no, that was the theory. That Ah, was the theory, but ah, we are ah. about to disprove this. All right. It was also believed, and another early theory, was that Zinfandel originated in England as a table grape and was brought to New England in the 1830s and made its way to the West Coast. More recently, vine researchers claim that Zinfandel was identical to the Southern Italian grape 
Primitivo. And in fact, they are very, very close. So Zinfandel and Primitivo, for all we humans can taste, are the same, same wine. Grape. Yeah, it does sound Italian, doesn't it? Zinfandel. But in fact, in 2002, DNA fingerprinting conducted at UC Davis, of all places, that there great university are. for, what do they call it, oniology? The study of wine. <laughs> Astrology? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the study of wine, DNA fingerprinting at UC Davis, established that Zinfandel is in fact identical to a Croatian grape. No way. So Zinfandel Close originates in Croatia. This grape, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this, Yes. but in Croatian it is spelled C-R-L-J-E-N-A-K. Now clearly they did not buy enough vowels. <laughs> How would you pronounce that? Krilijanak. Yeah. Krilijanak. So, it's as of 02. 02. DNA fingerprinting. traced it back to Croatia. It is Croatian. Isn't that Now, the Americans made it famous. You're absolutely they, right about they that. They certainly have. God bless us. But the Croats evolved it. Great bit of information. Now, I've totally forgotten again where we were. We've got our total acidity measured and adjusted. We were adjusting sugar. We were talking about sugar oh, adjustments. Sugar. Sugar I don't know adjustment. how we went off on that tangent, but we've got to get our must to the right percentage sugar. And the way we do that... And does that vary by grape varietal? It does, and even by when they pick the grape. Now, for red grapes, especially your classic zaniferas. I have yeah. a prescription that will help that. <laughs> Zinifera. Your classic zaniferas. That's Cabernet, Merlot, so on. Those are typically picked when they are around... 22.5 to 24.5% sugar. And sometimes after picking, you still get another 1% in there. When you crush your grapes and you've got your must, you want to measure your sugar content. Again, use your refractometer. And you want it to be between, again, 225 to 24.5% sugar. If you've got a yeast that can tolerate a lot of alcohol in the end of its life, you might even go to 25 or 26% sugar. If you are too high, you can add water dilute it, sugar percentage goes down. If you are too low, you can add classic white cane sugar to bring it up to 22.5 to 24.5%. All of this you want to do on the day you crush. We're adding sulfites to kill stray yeasts. Right. We're adding sugar to boost up the sugar content so we get sufficient alcohol. If we need that. We're adding acid if we need to or water if we need to bring the total acidity down. And there's one other thing that we want to add. Do you remember what that was? Pectin. Pectin. Right you are. For 10 points. Fruit pectin. And why do we add fruit pectin? What it does has fruit pectin do? two purposes. Sounds like a protein. No, it sounds like an amino acid. It's an what enzyme. is it an enzyme? <laughs> well, all enzymes are proteins. Is that right? Yes. You're the dentist. But not all proteins are enzymes. Really? Yes. I must say I learned something tonight. There you go. It's totally useless, but I learned it. <laughs> so what you want to do is add fruit pectin, an enzyme, and that's going to help break down the cell barriers to free the juice, and it's also going to, as a result, reduce the cloudiness in your end product. That's hard to believe. It's going to break down. When you say the cell barriers, what are you talking the about specifically? The cell membranes within grapes. Grapes are made up of all sorts of little cells. If you can break the cells, you're freeing the juice. 
So you're talking about the skins? The skin. Or just all through it? Or well, just I'm, the skin? I'm not talking just the skin, although it does seem to make the skin a lot weaker. But it is actually within the skin, the cells inside the grape. We can talk for an hour and a half about them. All right, well. Popping a cork out of a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly, we can talk forever about pretty much any topic. And somehow we've wasted a perfectly good hour. And, and of viewers, too. <laughs> just on the idea of, of adding sulfites and otherwise uh, enhancing our must. We didn't even get to inoculating yet, and that's another whole hour. By the way, there is sort of the bait and switch. One other thing we should do here. We want to add the nutrients that will feed the yeast at this point. And this is where we go to our wine supply store. We buy something called Super Ferment. Super ferment. Or some other kind of yeast nutrient. Because in the end, you want to feed your yeast well so that they burn through all so the they work sugar. Right, right. And you get your full alcohol content and no sugar content. Residual sugar, especially in red wines, is a very bad thing. It, it ruins It ruins. It, it ruins the flavor. Don't, don't risk that. So, 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 numbers guy, we're talking about within the first 24 hours of crushing. That really, we're, we're, we're adjusting sulfite levels. We're adding sugar, sugar if necessary. That's a big sugar. if, if, if. We've and never, we've never had, had to add, add sugar, sugar, right? No. This is all prior to inoculation. All prior to inoculation. So this, this is while it, while we're only talking about a 24-hour period, we've taken 26 hours to describe it. This is critical stuff here. You know, it really is. If you if you mess this up, you're going to end up with some very expensive grape juice or vinegar. In which case, mum's the word. <laughs> you are killing me tonight. Mum's the word, well, is it? Do you want to man the fact that you've screwed up your wine? Inoculate me with mum's the word, buddy. Here's where that one comes from, and this is our last point of trivia for the night. We've got to close this talk cast. We've we're running. We're gonna run out of idioms. It's, it's we've talked about this longer than it takes us to do this when we're <laughs> we really making have. our wine. Mum is the sound. It's sort of the humming sound. Mm, you can make that sound when your mouth is closed, and it was used in Shakespeare in one of his books. He said, "Seal your lips and give no word but mum." Wow. So many of these idioms come from Shakespeare. Well, Wonderful. Shakespeare clearly had a big influence on the modern day English language. But it certainly has. Mum's the word. Don't say it. Don't but, speak. But mum is not the word when referring to our podcast. <laughs> no, get out there and tell all your friends. Tell them about our website. Tell them about our free wine offer. If you can come up with a better name than Cellar Dwellers. What was our other free wine offer? Oh, we're offering to our first to our first reviewer. Our first reviewer. Please contact us. Please contact us. We will gladly send you a bottle of Olive Earl, aka O3 Zin, O4 Cab, O5 Syrah. O5 Syrah and let it sit because it is going to be It's going to be the best wine we've ever made. You will be all of the you'll be the envy of all your friends. We are flat out of time on this podcast. Any closing words? Mum's the word. <laughs> Mum's the word. We'll be back next week talking about inoculation and all the great kinds of yeast that you can use. And we've used a bunch of them. We have. To make your wine. Go yeast, young man. Thank you, Passionate One. Thank you, Dave.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.